I feel that what this podcast needs is a strong, stable base upon which it can build itself. I feel that what we need to do now is build the most strong and the most stable podcast that we have ever seen, that the world has ever seen, I, that Vilbel Discharge has ever seen. I think the problem we have here at Discharge is, though we want to be a strong and stable mm. podcast, I think we often find ourselves in a position of being a coalition of chaos. I think that if we were to keep the Discharge leadership the way it is, mm. we can get the best possible deal for our podcast. Yeah. But if we were to give in to those bureaucrats in Brussels who actually want to uh, to, to impede our podcast, um, bureaucrats in Brussels obviously being the um, um, the hosting service that we use on Podbean. <laughs> um, and also my second favourite band. <laughs> um, they, they, you should hear their second album, which was, I mean... It was certainly very strong. wasn't very stable. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the second album. Um, these these are some nice, strong and stable chips I've got here from a strong and stable British um, economy in my strong Ooh, and stable. British. Here's a point. Here's a point. Actually, have we seen the? It wasn't a leak, but the certain points of the UKIP manifesto have come out. I have not seen. And, no. Okay. Oh. One of the points of the they had like three key points. Uh, most of them being Brexit based and being about how we're going to kick but, them all home, send them all home. And the other one was they're going to get rid of. VAT on fish and chips. What? Because UKIP. Sign me up. It's like, (laughs) but what's the most British thing? What's the most blokish British thing we can do? It's not entirely dissimilar from, you might remember, um, during Cameron's government, Mm. um, he made a big push and made a really big deal about the beer and bingo tax. He reduced tax on them, making them both cheaper. And Conservative approval ratings in the polls went up because it works. It's awful that it resonates with people, but it does. Mm. And I think this is just UKIP pushing for more of that um, everyday normal working people like you and me. Well, you've got to think like beer... Uh, or not beer, but alcohol as a substance mm. is perhaps one of the most popular recreational drugs in the UK. <laughs> if not, well, it it's is the most. The most yeah, it's popular. the most popular, and and people like it. People yeah. people like getting drunk. People like you know that's going out with their friends and having a drink. People like sitting at home with two bottles of vodka and and drinking all that up and yeah. beating their children. I'm gonna <laughs> vote you, Kip, because I like beer and fags and fish and chips. You know what? No, 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 no most of them don't like fags. That's part of the problem. <laughs> hey. Hey. Potentially um, offensive pun. I always, I always thought like smoking fags sounded like something <laughs> someone would say in a Grand Theft Auto game. That's what they're doing in the chip shop. <laughs> the UKIP chip shop where they boil everyone they don't like. <laughs> <laughs> they serve up yeah, chips made from real immigrants. Um, I've recently, um, I spent a good portion of this morning as well, trawling through various UKIP pages. Really? Um, now, I, I've been looking. <laughs> I, I know that I've spoken to you about this mm. in the past, Robbie. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, so mm. I might as well just spend this one here. Okay. Um, I have been making several, several attempts to make contact with Nigel Farage <laughs> or high-up members of UK. Did you not just like offer them, like say, oh, we'll go down to the pub? Um, no, I, just like, I'm already there. I've not offered them necessarily dissimilar things. <laughs> um, but I've uh, uh, basically um, the sort of my plan for this was that I wanted to um, try and make an appeal to them in the hope of maybe getting a response, mm. um, so that uh, our uh, live show next week come yeah. along. By the way, Eurovision referendum May the eleventh, Guildhall Theatre, Derby. The first doors day. Open. That's the first day. Just two yeah. pounds. Two so, pound entry. Two pounds. Um, Seven thirty. Doors open. Mm. We we start at eight. Um, it's it's a lot less money than. 
That, no, we've already used that joke too then, many times. Uh, it's less money than you'd spend on a pint. Yeah. And, and for that, you'll get like two hours of top quality comedy yeah. entertainment. Of strong and stable and, comedy. <laughs> and a coalition of chaos of musical numbers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I've been trying to make contact with Nigel Should we just use those quickly? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just very quickly before we go on. Hello, my name's Robbie, and I am not a horse. <laughs> Hi, um, my, my name is Jordan, and although Robbie is not a horse, I still ride him. Um, <laughs> These are the outtakes in the videos you don't want to see. There's, there's demand, but we're never going to show you them. Uh, my name is James, and this week I formed a cult and got all my followers to commit suicide. Oh, yeah, yeah just, very, just past the time. I haven't done very, that in weeks. Yeah, I know it's been yeah. a, a bit a while. I thought, you know, I haven't had thirty to forty people kill themselves in the name yeah. of a religion I've made up in a while. Might as well get back on the wagon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think June should be my month, really, to go back to it. Sorry, you anyway. Yeah, so yeah. to get back to it, um, I've been trying to get in touch with some of the higher up UKIP members okay. in the hope of getting a response for next week's comedy show. Come along. Um, but I'm not receiving any response. Mm. So, would you like to hear the email that I sent to Nigel Farage's press secretary, Annabelle Fuller? No, I wouldn't. Let's end the podcast here. <laughs> um, no, yes, I would, very much. So, I, I don't know if within this email um, there's perhaps any clues as to why I haven't had any response. <laughs> Um, so it begins Dear Miss Fuller I represent an experienced and locally established comedy ensemble from Derby the beaming heart of the Midlands We are currently booked in for a comedic performance on the evening of May the 11th at this year's Derby Comedy Festival which myself and my team have titled The Eurovision Referendum The show will take a light-hearted look at the European referendum, the current European political climate and the state of post-Brexit Britain and will use this year's Eurovision Song Contest as an exploratory microcosm of the wider sociological and political implications of the country's decision to leave the European Union. You have just sold it to a room full of sociologists. (laughs) As you can no doubt imagine, the show will likely turn out to be a roaring success. (laughs) (laughs) Consequently, I was wondering if Mr. Farage himself would take an interest in appearing during a panel segment on the show. I feel it would provide an avenue for Mr. Farage to express a humorous and down-to-earth side to himself that the political spotlight perhaps sometimes ill affords him. Obviously, this is an opportunity we know Mr. Farage will not refuse and would greatly appreciate swift confirmation of his rider as well as anything else he may require. As is industry standard, we can stock his green room with pork pies and pints of Spitfire until (laughs) such a time when he is needed on stage. We can also provide two hours, but sadly, two hours only, of free parking at the venue, (laughs) as well as an activity crash for any press or family members he may wish to bring. We are very excited to hear Mr. Farage... I think so, I think so. We are very excited to hear Mr. Farage's acceptance of your offer, sorry, of our offer, and implore you to respond to our email at your earliest possible convenience. Yours sincerely, James Alexander Edward Bossom. <laughs> Why did she not respond? Why didn't she respond? Well, it was all it was all very polite. Yeah. Um, it was all very polite, but but if you right, imagine you're representing one of the foremost political figures in the country. The foremost you, political. He's he's one of the four people that does the most politics. As in foremost, not not okay. as in, <laughs> not as in he's one of the top four. Who are the other you three? Know, actually, that being said, he, he could in 
he could possibly be one of the foremost. I mean, he, he without even being a fucking MP, he managed to drag the country out of the EU. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you've got your foremost, what you've got, Theresa May, obviously. Yeah. Um, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's... Oh, no, that's a Maybelline one, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's a rip-off of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> she's a reincarnation of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, it's like, it's the reincarnation process, um, but it, like, kind of fucked up halfway through. It's like a kind of mongoloid Margaret Thatcher in a grown woman's body. I wrote a joke last year, uh, and it's no longer really relevant or topical. I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, go for it. Um, it was <laughs> You've really sold this the joke. The new Ghostbusters film came out, um, and I said, obviously, we've had the reincarnation of Thatcher. What's the point in an all-female Ghostbusters team if they can't stop the most malevolent female spirit of all time? Hey. hey. Um, yesterday, when I was in my home, um, mm. somebody put a conservative leaflet through the door. And I shouted, I'll cut your hands off at them. Um, <laughs> and did you? No, they, oh, they, they'd they, gone at that point. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is what they feel. This is Labour failing they, to live up to their promises. <laughs> they, they came back with the junior hacksaw and said, don't worry, I've got a strong and stable physique. And, <laughs> uh, and then implored you to cut them, and you couldn't because they were so strong and stable. That was it. It's those strong and stable bones <laughs> fueled by um, draining the life out of Theresa May's husband, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Theresa May's husband, Philip. Yeah, Theresa May's husband. <laughs> Theresa May has a husband called Philip. Oh, Philip so this, this, now it makes sense why Philip is stepping down from his royal duties. It, 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 it's May the 4th, and as we all know, it's, it's the holiday where the Conservative leader saps all the energy from a member <laughs> of the royal family. That's it. That's they it. love Star Wars so much. <laughs> so what they do is they bring Prince Philip into number 10. Uh, they wheel him in in his, in his, in his fucking chair because he, he's... he's Old as shit now. He can barely yeah, walk. he's forgot to cover up his swastika. Yeah, they um, um, they, they draw all the curtains. Um, Theresa May rises out of a coffin, <laughs> and then uh, bites him on the neck and drains all of his life force, and then she's sustained for another year. Another four years. Another, another five, five years, years potentially. Two, yeah. Let's see how the general election goes. Yeah. Yeah, let's. I mean, like the Independent keep running articles. Um, I think they're trying to give. Everyone who's not a Conservative supporter, I hope they're like, two, there's two points in the polls. Labour has gained two points. It's only 25% behind the yeah. Conservatives. You say that, though. Um, Labour's been closing the gap. They have been closing the gap. It's but, a massive gap, though. But not it is quickly enough. It's not quickly. Hopefully they can get, gain enough steam. Like I, I would love this general election to just fucking blow up in Theresa May's hands. And Labour get in, and she's just she's cast aside like riddled an old, with political shrapnel. Yeah. She, she's thrown away like an old comrade. <laughs> I, I was playing uh, a new Mario Kart the other day, um, and playing online, and I was in first place in the oh, third lap. Right, nice. going in, yeah, and I had a bit of solid lead, and I had like a green shell as well, so I was ready to sort of prepare. Yeah, um, Caroline Lucas's face on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Natalie Bennett, Natalie Bennett, our close <laughs> friend. Um, I actually friend of the show, Natalie Bennett. Yeah. Um, no, and I was then hit by a blue shell followed by two red shells, <laughs> and I fell from first back to last. See, and that's what I want to happen in this general the, election. This is interesting because like Mario Kart rules could could apply. Like if you got Theresa May walking down the steps of Parliament hmm. and put a banana skin on there, yeah. Well, she'd probably be out of the running. It'd but, be hilarious as well. It would, <laughs> 
It's the funniest the, way to fall over. The, the 2010 <laughs> general election, if you were to take each party mm. and break them down into a Mario Kart weapon, yeah. like there's probably some sort of... Pl- no, like, no, it works by colour. Like, so the blue shell, which it, is sort of malevolent and targets one, targets one person in particular, it goes... The one problem is, like, if it was a proper Tory blue shell, it would target the person in last um, instead of the person that's currently yeah, in a good position. Yeah, just put further into last. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas, yeah, the, the Labour shell, the red shell... Um, is sort of slightly more workmanlike, but it sort of uh, it roughly knows what it's doing, but you can never quite use it right. Um, yeah. And it feels, yeah, it's sort of. But but still, it, it's it's got enough strength and wit behind it yeah. to actually hone in and to actually make a difference on what it's doing. Um, then you've got like the green shell, obviously, yeah. which um, similar to the red shell um, can be used effectively, yeah. but can't quite guide itself correctly. You've got the live dead banana, um, which just which... kind of gets in the way and yeah, fucks exactly. someone up. Every <laughs> exactly, now and yeah. Again. It just sort of stood there in the middle of the track, and you're like, oh come on. Um, and then you've also y- got you, UKIP are like that um, you know the fake um, weapon box <laughs> that you can drop <laughs> and they, they just sort of like you think oh this, se- this seems really good this seems alright like they're, they're mainly just there for people that wanted to vote conservative but yeah. felt that the conservatives didn't quite appeal to them and then the SNP are just like the, the blooper that comes and squirts ink all over you and like what are you no. even doing you don't actually benefit anyone the SNP are the chain jump on certain maps where if you get too close to one side they just come along <laughs> yeah. and sort of just get in your way yeah, like, they don't yeah, actually yeah. provide anything they don't really give you an advantage so who then is the bullet bill played um, Kimru because <laughs> <laughs> they're always in last place when you get it. <laughs> There we go, there we go. You know, say what you will about this podcast. You find one other fucking comedian in this country that's making Mario Kart-themed jokes about the general election. <laughs> we did beat-em-ups last week. It's Mario Kart this week. We've got, we, be... we've got a decent sort of record. We should do this as like a running thing. Just yeah. video game-based jokes about the general election. What other games could we could we go for? Animal Crossing. How do you... That is a, that is a tough one. <laughs> Tom Nook is definitely a conservative. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. He's in the 1%. Yeah. Um, so I was just being really self-indulgent and just name Elite Beat Agents on DS. <laughs> that was entirely about it. If you actually you look at the uh, the Let's Dance level, um, which is actually about a guy trying to make loads of money. So clearly it's Tory, isn't it? It's all Tory. It's all about the Tories. Mm. It's all about the Tories. It's all about the Tories. Is it about the Tories? It's about the Tories. It's about the Tories. you know why? Because they're strong and stable. <laughs> all about the Tories. I saw four faces, one man, a brother from the gutter. They looked me up and down a bit and said to each other. I don't like discharge. Oh no. I love it. Oh yes. So this week, as I'm sure we're all aware... Uh, and we've all probably seen the footage by now. Theresa May, um, mm. over the course of on her campaign trail, she visited Cornwall. Yeah. Mm. Um, which was a very interesting one. Um, she got confronted by yeah. a couple of members of the public at one point. I, I don't know why she visited Cornwall, considering their coastline is the least strong and stable part of the UK. <laughs> Constantly withering and falling away. <laughs> like the Labour Party. But the um, the most interesting part of that for me was the bit um, when they took her to a chip shop, (laughs) bought her a cone of chips, and then wheeled her out in front of the press to go, look at her, look at her, she's human like us, she eats chips. 
She eats chips. Theresa May eats chips. She doesn't do it very well, though. No, she no. ate one and looked fucking disgusted at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the thing, like, a bacon sandwich brought down Ed Miliband. Yeah. And yet, yeah. The, eating these chips horribly, it's not having the same effect on it's, Theresa it, May. It, it's, it's very true, um, a lot of people say, whenever Labour does anything, it's a terrible idea. Mm. But when Conservatives bring out the same idea, it's great. It's 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 a fantastic idea. Yeah, there was a video that The One Show of all people made. Oh. Um, I know the one show like they took time out of making like things about the history of like concrete. Thank you for joining us on the the one show. Here we're going to be discussing the nation's 15 favorite dog leads. (laughs) (laughs) I remember my favorite one show moment. This is a slight tangent was once they had Amanda Seyfried on um, as the guest. I think it was talking about Les Mis and they sort of did the general conversation about like what do you think of being in Les Mis? And she was like, it's really good. Um, do you like singing? I really like singing. And then they said, as the last question in like the interview bit, what do you think of your postcode? And she went, what? What? what why, have you, why have you asked me this? And then they went, because your postcode says a lot about you. And then they throw it to a VT with a really boring old man who's sort of looking into camera saying, what does your postcode say about you? And then it, it was like it was like seven minutes of postcode analysis, oh. and then they cut back to Amanda Seyfried, who was just looking completely bamboozled, <laughs> and it just sort of went, "Yeah, that was good." Because they started then asking her, like they had like the postcode expert came and yeah. sat next to Amanda Seyfried, and then they started asking her, like, "What did you think of your postcode?" She's like, "Yeah, it's really interesting. I never thought about that before." Yeah, you haven't because you've got better things to be doing, like being an international movie I don't, star. I don't know if, if if that's that's strictly fair because I think like if everyone was judged by their postcode mm. i would be in prison by now <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's an interesting um, one like, like the, the one show has a very unique knack at bringing out really awkward clunky celebrity encounters like yes. the, the big one i always think about is that time when they had bruce willis on yeah and they kept trying to get him to sing and he just really, really clearly did not want to he be there like, or yeah. participate. And then there was the other bit, obviously, when Cameron was on. Mm. And right at the end, the um, host, Matt Baker, Matt, Matt Baker um, just before they cut to credits, goes, and how do you sleep at night? And <laughs> roll credits, roll <laughs> yeah. credits. like, And you can almost hear the producer in the room in the back going, like, just roll, just roll, <laughs> cut, cut it. Um, one show. No, so the point I was going to make, there was a one-show video they did, uh, yeah, in amongst clips of why is it that laptop carry cases have gone up in price <laughs> in the last 15 years um, ever since the Queen made this statement and so on, just making it explicitly British. Uh, in between that, they did this one really interesting co- segment in which they um, went through, like, it was, there was a couple of, like, very heavy Tory voting areas. Okay. And they read out a list of Jeremy Corbyn policies. Oh, yeah. And there were... I've seen and, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah An yeah, awful yeah. lot of people agreed with them. And they had sort of, like... Or everyone they spoke to agreed with at least one point on their um, one of Corbyn's policies, um, and many of them were agreeing with the vast majority. And yet, when they then told them these are Jeremy Corbyn policies, they struggled to believe it and suddenly didn't like them because it's all clouded by your established worldview. And like, it's it's, it, it's an interesting thing, though, isn't it? Because hmm. I, I think, especially when in this day and age when people get a lot of their political information from social media people will only look for media and i think this is an innately human thing that supports their previously established biases i think a lot of people a lot of people are very against corbyn if you were to actually challenge them and say which policies do you disagree with Mm. people might be a bit hard pressed to think of one just because people have this weirdly inbuilt thought or 
sort of attitude of, oh no, it's Jeremy Corbyn, everything he says is wrong, mm. which is obviously a terrible state to be in. Um, when we reach a point politically when people won't even consider the opinions of the main political opposition in the Commons, mm. what does that say about this, us? This, this also, it works the other way around as well. That there was a quiz that went round on Facebook a couple of weeks ago um, on so what, where do you stand party-wise? So oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah, I remember yeah. this. I remember and this. I came out as like a hardcore SNP fan, apparently. <laughs> um, okay, etc. See, I've, um, I've, I've been very kind of very aware of that like you said mm. on social media everything i share everything that my friends mm. close friends the people i actually bother going on facebook to read yeah. um share it's all incredibly liberal mostly yeah. left um and so you and, get sucked into a bubble thinking like this yeah. is everyone's opinion so I've made a concerted effort to consume media now mm. that is outside of my comfort zone yeah. reading-wise. I've been on The Sun on the website, <laughs> which which was some sort of like kind of 40 days in the desert, Jesus-like pil- yeah, well, pilgrimage being on, for me. <laughs> being on The Sun is as hot as being in the, de- yeah. the desert. But it, it's just it's awful to consume. Mm. And I, I know why I don't do it willingly yeah. because i hate every word <laughs> that is on that website but i've yeah. done it because i'm trying to because it, it, it's important isn't it? yeah i'm trying to understand why the, people think yeah and conversely. the point i was about to make was that with the that quiz and okay, yeah i came out as mostly snp followed by bits of labor lib dem green mm. um but on the matter of the economy i agreed an awful lot with ukip really which was, yeah which was interesting That's because so, i'd never considered that. i never really looked into uh, UKIP's economic policies, and it's not something I'd ever thought about. Um, and it's interesting to go, actually, like they're not that far apart. And if you, you can agree with someone broadly speaking, or you can have, be massively against most of UKIP's policies, and yet there will always be areas of overlap because people are different, people aren't exactly 100% a Corbynite. It's, it's an interesting one, though, isn't it? I mean, I think people, people now, it, it's almost like supporting a sports team politics mm. now you get behind the one that you support and you universally agree with everything that they say and you mm. universally disagree Even with everything you that... don't actually. exactly exactly it's why it's why to sort of to echo what jordan's said about um like i've done a very similar thing i've made an actual concerted effort to ensure that my social media feed is now populated with things that are directly parallel to my political and world views so that my views are challenged because I think it's important that we challenge ourselves. Mm. No, um, what, no, 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 but no. What, you, what you do as a... As to continue that analogy that you're moving away from quickly, um, it's a bit like like I, despite being... I mean, I'm a member of the Lib Dems, etc., but I am often open about how I don't think Tim Farron's a very good leader. I'm not yeah, a big yeah, fan yeah. of Tim Farron. Um, it's the same thing as when you do a support of a sports team. And if you're ever watching a game of company... You always, if a referee decision goes against you and it's marginal, you always agree with it or you occasionally say, oh, that maybe should have gone against us when something marginal goes towards you yeah. so that you can be more angry when a big one goes against you and you can say, well, well, because you appear bi- balanced. Um, okay. So you've got, to, you've got to present that fake balance um, and that's what, that's what I've got to do by presenting the same family thing. And it has become, yeah, as you and, say, exactly the same thing. And I think... I think we've. I think I've said this before, but it's mm. worth it's worth going on a little bit more. Is go out there and talk to people who don't agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Because the I think the biggest the biggest problem leading up to not only the snap election but also um, we should learn from our past from the referendum is that we didn't talk to each other. Um, 
I spent a lot of time condemning the right yeah. as fascists and racists because, yeah, I believe that there the were those that voted for Europe for those reasons, mm. but not everybody did. And I should have talked more. Yeah, this is it. I feel like, and I think I made this point before, that I assumed that the majority of people were going to vote leave. They were either angry protest voters, which would be a minority, mm. or they were racist fascists who I didn't want to engage with and couldn't possibly get through to. And clearly that wasn't the case because most I, of the country voted it. I think a lot of the people that voted leave, to sort of have a retrospective on it, mm. were people that were very dissatisfied with the way that their lives within the country were going and wanted a way to voice that. And yeah. I think that all of this, I, I don't believe it was the right way to do it. Um, I, I disagree with Brexit. I, I believe we're stronger off in the European Union. Stronger but stable. I, yeah, but but I think it was the failing of the political establishment mm. to listen to those views. And I think Brexit is the fallout of the historically disenfranchised in this country lashing out and saying yeah. we demand representation. You know, one day I'm going to go an entire 24 hours without mentioning Brexit. One day. Oh no! Yesterday, yesterday, I got through most of the day, and then mentioned it like quarter past twelve <laughs> at uh, midnight, and I was like, "It's still. T- I haven't been to sleep. It's yeah. still technically the same yeah, time. Yeah, Canada's yeah. the same day." See, uh, I to, to carry on the point James mm. making as well. Um, I don't think it was the right decision, but now I feel like a lot of people who voted Leave feel forced now to vote for Conservatives. Yeah. to see their point pushed through. Their strong and stable. And point. you can't deny that that Brexit is a massive point. Mm. running up to this general election yeah. but it's not everything mm. and what annoys me is that these these people are going to be voting especially the working class vote yeah um is going to be voting for for brexit i've i've talked to some people i've been talking to people say, hey, who, um, who are voting for conservatives mm. who believe that brexit is all and it doesn't matter else and what about after brexit jordan when when tories Take away your healthcare, Jordan. When you say some people, do you mean your mum? Um, not not just my mum, actually. <laughs> um, more more people than that. Um, I actually got in, in into conversation with some people I used to go to school with, mm. um, and it's, some other people that I could easily talk to on Facebook. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people are putting their put, putting aside the thought that that this election is about more than just Brexit. I mean, mm. it is, it's, it's of course, um, very obvious, and we, we should absolutely acknowledge that the defining political issue of our times, and certainly of this election, mm. is Brexit. And certainly of our show next week. Certainly of our show next week. Although that's more Eurovision-y. Yeah. But, <laughs> do you know what? This election should focus more on Eurovision. To, I um, want policies on how we're going to have a better candidate than to, Lucy Jones next year. To, sort of, <laughs> to, to loosely fall back to it, though, um, when Theresa May was in Cornwall, there were two people that challenged it. There, there was the mm. woman that walked alongside her and had a lengthy go about how it's not just about Brexit. What about what's happening to the National Health Service? What about these, these drastically increasing levels of homelessness we're seeing in the country? What about the nurses that have to go to food banks? Exactly, exactly. Oh. And then at the same time, um, the BBC, who had Laura Connorsberg there, mm-hmm. went to just someone, I think, to get a balanced opinion. And they went to a woman who was saying, why is she complaining about it? We've, we've, we've voted for Brexit. It's happening. Just accept it. It's happening. And yeah, it's happening. Like I don't disagree. I think that the people of the country have spoken in an actively democratic way, and that should be respected. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we can't go about Brexit in a way that we feel is the most democratically representative of what the people want. This, this mm. is an interesting point actually to just intersect we 
it's an interesting that I've been told by people who leave who've left is you need to stop moaning. We made a democratic mis- decision, so now you just need to accept it. And I was like, you're saying you're telling me that you, we've made a democratic mis- decision, but then saying I can't talk about it, which is and my you know right we in a, a democracy. Dem- it's, 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 we made a democratic decision in 1977 um, to remain in the European Union. Yeah, and yet people still moaned for what 40 years. It's it's a very I think it's a very dangerous mindset for people to assume Brexit is happening and whatever happens, it's going to be great. Yeah. And if you don't disagree with it, you've got to shut the fuck up because it's happening. Mm. It's it's a very, very dangerous mindset for us to be in politically as a country. And I think it's something that we all need to take a concerted effort to be more wary of. Mm. Should we get back to it? Anyway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Theresa May visited Cornwall and she was uh, eating some chips mm. and it um, crossed an interesting series of boundaries that are very rarely crossed in as much as it was politicians consuming food. Mm. And it isn't something that typically goes hand in hand or even goes well together. As Robbie mentioned earlier, there's the thing, that weird photo that we all remember of Ed oh, Miliband yeah. being largely incapable of eating a sandwich. <laughs> Um, do we all remember when Barack Obama visited Ireland and tried to drink a pint Guinness. of Guinness? Yep. Yep. It, it's a... We all remember Pastigate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. made for an episode of this podcast on Pastigate. Um, it, it's an interesting one, though. And I think it's it's such an interesting niche, such a fascinating merge mm. of two generally mutually exclusive worlds that it has given me a very exciting business opportunity because of course politicians <laughs> don't eat they, they just don't, consume they don't. the royal family so i'm very excited to announce today on this podcast mm. that i am looking to start up my own restaurant Ooh. that will serve exclusively dishes themed around well-known political figures Ooh. um and i've got a small section of the menu here mm-hmm. and i was wondering if if maybe just on the podcast here we could just discuss this maybe uh, bounce these yeah. ideas off you guys see if you think these uh, first of all see if they sound tasty second of all are the puns good enough <laughs> to sustain an entire restaurant franchise around it they Ki- probably will be are Ki- we all on board we're on board yeah. Chiero, teresa may and me salada um, so the um, um, the first dish I'd be looking to bring to my politically <laughs> themed restaurant is Nigel Fromage. Nice. Um, nice. Now this is a distinctly cheesy dish, but it's um, served with a typically British side of Spitfire and chips. That's that, that's pretty fair. Also, um, as we found out earlier, Fromage is a white cheese, which is even better for you, Kip. Hey, hey. right up there, sort of street. No, no, no brown cheeses here, please. It's an interesting one because cheese on chips is already an established meal, mm. but to have French white cheese <laughs> on chips served alongside a pint of Spitfire. I think I think Nigel himself would approve. Yeah. Maybe you should have enticed his press secretary with that. Shit. Oh, oh missed it, missed it. So also, I'll give him I'll buy him some chips. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely would have accepted. Um another one I've got, um Emmanuel macaroni and cheese. Nice. Um which is a, a zesty French cuisine, uh, popularized of course by the Americans, mm. but perfected in complete French wonder. Yeah. How does that sound? Was that the sort of thing you'd eat? Yes. I would eat it seven times and then throw up. And eat it again? No, because I'd just thrown up. I'd feeling ill. Like I'd have to wait like a day in bed probably, calling sick for work the next day. Is that like when people get too intoxicated on one specific type of alcohol mm. and then they can't return to it because they, they remember how unwell it made them feel? Exactly. That's exactly it. If you were to eat too much 
um, French political contender themed macaroni and cheese, <laughs> would that make you wary of eating French political contender themed macaroni yes, and cheese forever? Very much, very much. I'd live entirely off a, a, a diet of Eric Pickles. <laughs> oh, shit! Yeah! yeah! Shit, I missed it! Um, so, another one. Um, Marinet le penne pasta with grilled red peppers. <laughs> Um, which is an offensively extreme combination of typically outdated culinary ideals brought back from a past uh, from the past for a delicious national renaissance. You know, it's actually stood down and said it's no longer a pasta. It's now it? it's now its own thing. It's still the same. It's an exactly the same dish, but it's no longer the face of a pasta. There's a running theme this week between well, uh, and these, these past few shows of talking about politics through a thinly veiled. I assume it's just preparation for the live yeah, show. Yeah, which is all that's going to be. Which is just going to be us talking about Brexit through Eurovision. <laughs> um, what about um, George Osborneo Tandoori? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, which is a um, worldly dish uh, noted for its conservative use of herbs and spices. That was, that was yeah. Yeah. Also very expensive. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it requires an awful lot of herbs and spices um, and it never actually pays them back. You're actually far worse off for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the worst thing is it sends you to hospital and there's no funding for it um, it's really weird as well when you think that the, the dish is still going you think that it'd still have some life within it you've paid for the dish mm. you, you said I want that I want that dish I want that to, to deliver on its promises but then uh, part way through the meal sort of about three quarters of the way through the dish gets up, uh, gets up walks off the table and goes to be an editor of the London Evening Standard <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there we've all been to that restaurant um, another one, um, Jeremy, Jeremy Corbanana, um, which is basically just a banana, but one that nobody considers electable. James, can you go home? <laughs> <laughs> There's fucking two more. Two more of these. Two more. Go on. Um, my teeth. Vladimir just... Spaghetti alla Putinesca. <laughs> no, no, you can't have that. You cannot have that. I think that's probably the best, the strongest one of them all. That's... The strongest and most stable. <laughs> fucking always coming back to it um, of course Vladimir Spaghetti alla Putinesca mm. um, is a traditional dish uh, best known for its strong and unfin- unflinching flavours and complete lack of freedom of press <laughs> of course if it was a Finders version uh, then it'd be strong and found in the stable because horse meat <sighs> not bad that not was alright that was alright it was out of date yeah, that was pretty good but I'm, I'm happy with that outdated just like Putin's worldviews <laughs> and the Finders lasagna I tried to have last night um, and the final um, item I'd like yeah. to bring to the menu of celebrity-themed culinary... Sorry, um, politician-themed culinary meals. Yes. Um, is Winston Churchillington prime-cut steak. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you can't have that one. <laughs> can't have that. Um, which is um, a dish that hasn't really been seen since the 1950s, but is best remembered for getting us through the war. <laughs> I, think, um, I think you've missed a treat of, especially for the desserts in your menu, of having complete party um desserts so for the conservatives you could have eaten mess hey hey you have a red salad for labor uh, uh, yeah yeah um you can have, have there's, there's something about a salad and the green party in there yeah um, a green, green salad <laughs> you have a yellow salad uh, or a, a, UK a purple, one, salad. purple salad yeah <laughs> oh, that was, it was really off no it was exclusively made of le- uh, rocket <laughs> <laughs> and spitfire yeah. and chips <laughs> it's, it's called a salad but it's just chips and spitfire 
<laughs> with, with like a lettuce leaf on top. It's like Paul Nessler's going to spat on it personally. <laughs> it's a scouser, you can't blame him. It's, it's, it, what is it, chips in Spitfire? Is it they're just a few chips yeah, floating yeah, yeah, in yeah. the saucepan of Well, what, what they do is, you know when you buy chips and they go, do you want any salt or vinegar on it? So, so they, they put them up on the, on the paper and just douse them in Spitfire and they wrap them up and there you go. And they hand you a big soggy mess. Um, much like um, Theresa May received when uh, <laughs> she inherited the government uh, after the Brexit vote. A big soggy mess. That's what it was. It was a big fucking soggy mess. <laughs> it still is. Yeah, it still will be in a few weeks' time. In a few years' time. A few years, yeah. Just, it's... What interesting oh. times we live in. Politics is kind of depressing. And also delicious, as I've just described. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking kill me! Okay, I will! No, we've got a live show next week. Never mind. Maybe afterwards. <laughs> live on the show next week. <laughs> James, James is going to be murdered. And then I'll try and provide an alibi for where I was <laughs> at the same time. I was, while a room full of people watching me. I was stage right and I had no ranged weapons. <laughs> and the, the arrow came from, from, the, from the audience. <laughs> which is where... Um, where everyone will look across after seeing me struck in the chest with an arrow and falling to the ground. Their eyes will turn to the audience, tracing the arrow's trajectory, and there will be Annabelle Furrer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nigel Farage's press secretary holding a bow. Of course, she's not actually fired an arrow at you. She's just thrown a bottle of Spitfire at you and a shard of glass got <laughs> stuck in your jugular. More spaghetti than an Italian pasta truck heading on its way to Venice. <laughs> We've got Tagliatelli for days. I don't even know where I'm putting this ricotta. Oh, that's some good cannolo- cannoli. Cannoli. Some good cannoli. It's verbal discharge. Hey! The following is a completely improvised comedic segment. Oh, boy! I'm here, I'm waiting at this bus stop for a bus. I'm sure hoping that a bus comes along. I'm waiting at the bus stop. It's just me at the moment. It's just me. I'm waiting to a bus. I'm going through a designated place. We're going to find out where that designated place is later. Maybe there's a punchline there. Who knows? All I know is that I am here, alone at the bus stop, waiting for a bus. You're not alone, mate. Whoa! Where did you come from? The bus. I got off the bus. Which bus? The last bus that came by. I'm changing here. You, oh, how I'm long... changing. Have, Stop looking at me. How long have you been there? I'm changing. Oh, God, I'm sorry, leave me alone I'll, for a second. I'll avert my gaze. How, Thank how, you. How long have you been stood there, like sir? six minutes. Madam? Six minutes. Six minutes? Six minutes. Oh, I haven't seven noticed minutes. you in these six minutes. Seven minutes. It's now seven minutes. Chugga, 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 chugga. It's a coffee machine. <laughs> hey, who, who brought hi. this coffee machine here? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have an Americano. Oh, hi, I have a coffee machine, but... But also a bus. Skibbity bop. I'm a jazz bus. I'm a scared man bus. Skibbity bop. Come ride on me, children. Where and are you going? Woman. Where are you going to? You haven't got it labelled. You we're, haven't got. We're going to somewhere, label. which is a punchline that I, I hope that, that evolves at some point in this segment. <laughs> oh boy, this acid's really starting to kick in. <laughs> it looks like this... there's a coffee machine scar bus. <laughs> I better get on it and hope for the best. Are you getting on it? I. I mean, when's the 36 coming by? I killed the 36! <laughs> I'm getting on the bus then, fine. <laughs> Where are you going to? Um, I was going to Scarborough. Scarborough? Yeah, I've got my dance training there. Okay. Well, now you're going to Scarborough! Right. 
Wow. Wait a minute, that is where I want to go. Oh, thank you. Thank but, you, Jazz. But it's a borough made entirely of Scar, the music, not not Scarborough. But, but, but how can you make an entire music or an entire town or district or area or principality based solely on the principles of musicians such as the specials and madness? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always found Scar, I've always found Scar to be a strong and stable music. <laughs> you just think this is a bit shit. Yeah. And then be yeah. like, how long are we gonna have to keep going in case we accidentally find a punchline? I think I think we should maybe start with a different scenario. Waiting for a boss is maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not played out in quite the. Uh, the the, 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 the sort of range of comedy misanthropes. Okay, I've got an idea. I've got an idea for a thing. Okay. <laughs> should, should we, okay, should we got, pause? Yeah, can we, should we start going? Uh, let's just go in and go into it. Let's go into it. Okay. Okay. Ready for a new improv. The following is another improv segment. Oh boy, I love waiting for this train. Sugar, 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 sugar. Choo choo, skibbity buff on the scar train. <laughs> I'm driven by the villain from The Lion King. <laughs> I'm I'm um, a standard issue assault rifle issued to US Marines. I'm which something... is the Scar 18. <laughs> I'm something I have on my nose when I walked into a French window when I was a kid. I've got a, I've got a scar on my nose from when I walked in. Like French windows have panelling, so you can see. I'm not like I wasn't like a bird that couldn't see glass. I walked because I was an idiot. I walked into French windows. I'm... I still have a permanent mark on my face to prove it. I'm um, what was typed into um, an Amazon search box when someone was trying to look for something to wear around their neck in the winter but got distracted and couldn't quite finish. Um, I'm someone that's forgotten... That was fucking tenuous. Oh, my God. I'm someone that's um, forgotten how to use plurals properly, trying to look for a mode of transport. Um, I put the S at the beginning of the, instead of the you, end. I'm with you, yeah. That was even more tenuous. How much more tenuous can we get? Um, I don't know. I'm you... I'm uh, Lib Dem councillor Stephen Carr, but I only go by my first initial now. <laughs> this is s.carr S. at gmail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know you know how we've won multiple. Now we've won three awards we've for won this show. Three awards for the yeah. How the fuck did that happen? No, one of them was presenting the show. It wasn't for the show itself. Yeah, that's so true. That's true. That means we're just good at <laughs> we're good at presenting the show. Even the show itself is. Not. Oh boy, I'm really having trouble waiting <laughs> for this plane. <laughs> the flight's been delayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the scar plane. Oh, okay, kill me. okay, okay. I've got, I've got another comedy scenario. Okay, fantastic. Okay, the following is an improvised comedy segment. Oh, it really is a boring day here in Cornwall. If only someone interesting would come along and liven it up, perhaps by proving that they're a human being. <laughs> Wait. Hello, I'm Dolly the Sheep, the first sheep to ever be cloned. <laughs> Hello, Dolly. I'm here to prove that I'm a human like the best of you. Are you a clone or are you the original? I'm... Wait a minute, which one was Dolly? I think Dolly was the original. Hey. Wait, no, no, Do- I think Dolly was the clone. Does it matter? Because, do you know what? I'm so great anyway. 
Well, oh, I don't, I've got to be in character like Dolly the Sheep for potentially up to 10 minutes now. Well, Dolly the Sheep, I'm glad that you've joined me here in Cornwall. That is but pretty I, exciting. What? Whoa, hey, what, what's, what's that, Dolly the Sheep, who is here in Cornwall with me? What's that? Who's that coming around the corner right now? It's a mute politician. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Aren't you glad the writer strike didn't happen? <laughs> Uh, this is why we need. This is why people need jokes to be written. I, I'm, I'm, I'm Theresa May. I've come to Cornwall to drink your fudge. You don't drink fudge. To eat your fudge. I'm human. I promise. To eat your Cornish cl- clotted cream fudge and she your didn't, she ice didn't, cream. She didn't even and... like make an attempt to resonate with the locals and get a fucking Cornish pasty. Mm. Oh yeah, shit. That's a thing. Yeah. Corn- Cornwall's like the home of quite a lot of food mm. and. Surfing companies, and that's why she had and chips. holiday homes. Yeah, but and what's caravan sites? What's more common? Movie. What's more common, chips or a Cornish pasty? Chips, chips, exactly. And like, what makes it more relatable? And and pasties are the food of miners, and God knows the spirit of <laughs> the spirit of Margaret Thatcher yeah. would rather eat the <laughs> devil's scrotum or shit than put a Cornish pasty in her face. To be fair, like, why would she want to eat her own scrotum or shit? Yeah. Maybe she Did just... anyone see Theresa May going to Scotland? No. There was some. She went to. It was so. It was one of the few Scottish. I did. Yeah. I did, and she did it at. Um, it was a small local church, mm. at a parish with only like 150 people mm. living in it, and because they didn't want anyone to turn up who would potentially ruin the yeah. event, they described it as they booked the event as a children's party. Did they? And only invited very very select people so that she was able to say oh look yeah i did i did a, i did an event in scotland it's funny going by the um the state of it at the moment i say labor's more the children's party with all of the hey. pointless inviting hey um no but there was sky news and had a camera follower the entire day when she was campaigning in scotland um and i think it's the only time she's sort of there's been any attempt of her to interact with normal people because the conservatives have been keeping her very much to script like she hasn't been allowed to talk to any reason, like real people, mm. anyone that isn't a journalist. They've been vetting all the questions in advance very much. Um, they've been an awful lot of questions. They've been denied and been sort of turned down and rejected. Um, that they, the Tory leadership have refused to let her answer anything basically where she can't crowbar the word "strong" and "stable" into. Um, but there was this one thing where she went down one street in Scotland, and the first house she went to turn into with like the local candidate there um, had. There was like a, this large Scottish lady outside who just screams, "No thanks, love." Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen this because they were campaigning with Ruth Davidson. Yes, who's yeah. um, uh, the an head MP of Scottish for... Labour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No Scottish, Scottish Conservative. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then every other house they went to didn't answer the door, which is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, because I remember because they she had like a few free minutes. Yeah. So they sent her along to campaign, and the only person she interacted refused to let her through the gate. Mm. Um, Ruth Davidson's quite a quite a fearsome opponent. Mm. Um, well, fearsome person on your side. She was she was very very good at, at battling the Remain side mm. of things. She's a very good speaker, except for that one time when she told Nicola Sturgeon to sit down, love. <laughs> I think she was giving a speech in the uh, Scottish Parliament, and Nicola Sturgeon tried rude? to make an objection. She just goes, "Sit down, love. I can't do a Scottish accent. <laughs> sit down." I'm Ruth Davison, MP. I'm just I'm disappointed with Theresa May's whole stance to debates mm. on the on the run up to the, the election as the well. The thing is, though, I think it's a very carefully calculated um, campaign move yeah. because they know that if they actually engage 
with her on a level of real issues, she won't be able to hold her own mm. because, like, a lot of the conservative issues, that, like, or, or a lot of conservative policy is just absent at the moment. It's themed almost solely around Brexit. It's why, like, whenever someone asks her a straight question, she'll go back to responding with screened and vetted yeah. sound bites. That's why she always throws in strong and stable. We want a country that works for the many, not just the privileged few. Like when Andrew Marr asked her, why is it that so many nurses in the country have to rely on food banks to feed themselves? Mm. And she says, we want an economy that works for the many, not the privileged few, which doesn't so, even address the question. She also said there's many complicated reasons that people go to food banks when no, there isn't. There's one reason, they want which food is that they can't afford food. And if we're in the same which nurses can't afford food, and which oh, okay, there's two reasons: either they can't afford food, or they're bad, sort of they're the bad people who are exploiting the system, yeah. which you wouldn't expect of nurses. No, well, if you people. if you think of like nurses, the hours they work, exactly, um, the shifts they work, because obviously it's a it's the shift rota, so they yeah. work mornings, afternoons, and nights. They work long shifts. They often get held behind. Mm. Um, to deal with things they work in a really tough environment high pressure they're dealing with people's lives Mm. and they can't afford food no and they are working incredibly hard jobs it's just terrible it's just wrong yeah they can't afford to eat and george osborne makes a quarter of a million in speeches in one year and then waltzes into a cushy position as a a newspaper editor how is that just it with, with one speech he makes three nurses yearly salaries with one speech revolvingdoor.exe so do you remember the bit on that one podcast where I had a whole Battenberg and I had you perform tasks oh, yeah. I've got half a sandwich left I'm just I'm just thinking like we're trying to stretch the show out as it is yeah uh, I might eat the sandwich and you can like narrate it or something yeah we could do yeah, yeah should we do that um, to, to kind of bring you up to speed with what's happening here listeners as you've no doubt noticed this has been a weirdly sparsely populated podcast mm. we've had a lot of stuff to get ready um, Robbie and Jordan have been facing um, mounting deadlines um, so has Ben that's why he's not been here, here. Um, I'm just I, I don't know what it is that I'm doing um, I'm, I'm working a new job and I've also got like stand up to prepare yeah so. but you've, you've to be Same. fair you're, you're not doing yourself justice there um, there was a point where James had overlapping jobs mm. um, yeah. two points actually where you had overlapping jobs and you're working <laughs> in incredibly long hours and not got and much time and like yeah. listeners might notice by now the week before the live show is always is always a bit looser like because we tend to all our sort of energy is going to preparing stuff for that show yeah um, and all the promotional like the videos and stuff that we're going up in the next couple of days i think we're in quite a difficult position as well with this one yeah where i mean all of the live shows we've done like like they, they, they are following an increasingly political theme yeah um and i think that part even the nativity one became <laughs> even the nativity one was largely about brexit yeah um but I, I, we always enter a point where because the news that surrounds the events we're talking about is so fast paced whenever we prepare something by the time it gets to the show it's usually outdated yeah which sort of almost forces our hands to prepare stuff within the last week or so yeah like I, i've no doubt that like a day before the next live show comes along there's going to be or the day on wednesday next week yeah. mark my words there's going to be a really big story come out and we're going to have to completely change the yeah. way the show works last minute yeah, yeah yeah no that's 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 how the political system come to run so it's a, it's a difficult there's one. so much stuff i prepared as i said this a couple of weeks ago i prepared like three other things and i couldn't do any of them because <laughs> the election was called like just oh, before yeah, we yeah, the podcast yeah. 
And and to be fair, we've we've all been writing and practicing our musical numbers, which, mm. as you can imagine, rehearsals are are time-consuming. Yeah, mine's just been difficult. With not to give anything away, but mine is condensing a lot of information that I know very little about into a musical number, and I might have done what I always do, which is give myself a senselessly ambitious task that I can't <laughs> deliver on. Um, but hopefully, it'll all be good. As a way to remind it. Um, you're doing Iceland. You're writing. No, I'm not. I'm doing Finland. You're writing. You're doing we'll Finland. get. We'll get that right. You're eventually. Doing Finland. Um, you know, actually, in in doing my research into Finland, mm-hmm. I learned that this is an incredibly sensitive topic. The Finnish people are very welcoming of the fact that they are a Norse people, yeah. but are vehemently against being referred to as Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. Not entirely dissimilar from how the Irish people will proudly say that they're a part of the British Isles, yeah. but will refuse to refer to themselves as British because they mm. want to remain at a, a distance. Just saying that. the word remain triggers me. <laughs> just, just hearing it. I heard the word exit the other day and I just sort of had a... Like, just on the sat-nav. Oof, I started to get twitches. Brexit-based flashbacks. Should I eat the sandwich? Yeah, go on. Yeah. What do you want to do? Do I do a quiz again or do I, like... Do you want to, like, narrate So let's, it? Let, let, let's start off. Let, let's, let's imagine, right, Jordan... So I want us to imagine that we are doing a radio version of QVC and we're trying to sell this sandwich and Robbie is our model who is eating our sandwich. So let, let's see, what, what sandwich is it? What sandwich is it? We've, of course, got here um, a classic tuna and sweet corn Ginster's sandwich. Um, the side of the box there, um, clearly labelling it as food on the go. It's important to remember that this is food that you can eat on the go. It's nicely packaged. It's concise. Mm. It says that for a million older people, eating at home is the only option because they can't walk down the street without being lynched for Brexit. <laughs> it's a really pointed point. It actually says that. Um, fast no, forward. Enjoy this view of your sandwich. It's got like a okay. It's got like a picture of. How do you want to describe the? So it's um it's sort of a coastline, isn't um, it? It's mm. a coastline of Porth Kurno, um which With is in, waves breaking against rocks yeah, in, in India yeah it's in it's definitely in India um, and it's it's some nice turquoise waves there's some brown rocks and most people consider that scenic but it's on the side of a triangular sandwich box yeah. so and it then it's says, not a full panorama enjoy this view with your sandwich so you'll see that the uh, front of the sandwich packet as well clearly labels itself as being dolphin friendly um, this good. sandwich, of course, prior to being consumed by Robbie, made friends with four dolphins from the Porth Corno area. Um, Porth Porth Corno Porth Corno. Yeah, Porth Corno Corno. Now, um, now, as, as viewers are very well aware, um, there's a lot of things that you can do with sandwiches. You can disassemble all the components and construct a scale model of the Eiffel Tower with them. Yeah. Um, um, you can chew them all into a paste regurgitate it and mould um, a lifelike caricature of the Great Sphinx. And of course you can use it as a masturbatory aid. Um, or you can just fuck it. <laughs> that too. <laughs> um, now Robbie is going to do none of those things. Um, he's going well, to be doing not, right now, what, away. What, what is typically considered to be a standard sandwich activity mm. which is he's going to consume it. Uh, viewers will of course note that Robbie has Standard sandwich activity is such a health and safety guideline thing to say. Yeah, we haven't filled out the risk assessment for this. <laughs> no, we haven't, actually. We haven't, actually. There's potential choking hazards in uh, play yeah. as well. So, Robbie is now going to put the sandwich in his mouth. There we go. He's taken a bite. Uh, it was a good bite. 
Um, he, he's got the own. Oh, no, oh, he's followed it up before he's finished chewing. He's gone for a second bite. That's a good third of that half of the sandwich gone there, isn't it, Jordan? Yeah, um, it's it's. <laughs> did Robbie just take another bite? That was an an another bite of the sandwich. Three bites in as he almost hasn't as many even seconds. finished chewing the first two bites. That looks like some... and he's already gone for more. This is, of course, as you can see. The sort of high-level sandwich eating masterclass you could expect for, from world's premier sandwich eater, for, Robbie Owen. For the low price of nineteen ninety nine ninety nine over over three months, the, for a grand total of maths fifty nine eighty seven, you can eat a sandwich too. There we go. We've had our first caller. Uh, you can see moving along the bottom of the screen, um, Theresa May um, <laughs> from Number Ten Downing Street. Uh, has ordered six of these sandwiches, um, and she's she's left us a little note to read out on screen, which is ha 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 ha. I can eat these, and Ed Miliband fucking couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've 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 got our next caller. Uh, oh, it's um, Ed Miliband. He's <laughs> he's bought five sandwiches. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. <laughs> I'm tough enough to eat a sandwich. <laughs> I'll eat I'll eat so many sandwiches. <laughs> and that's actually pretty good. Yeah. We had so long of him as a leader, and you never did it once. No, I didn't, I didn't. And now we're stuck here when all he's doing is popping up on the last leg and occasionally being mildly amusing. <laughs> and yeah, and, now and now we've got our third, our third caller, which is is David Miliband, who we would consider one of the better Millibands. Who <laughs> <laughs> is um, definitely better qualified for the role of Labour leadership than Ed was, but, yeah. but inexplicably lost. Yeah. Um, so, th- so that's not very good. But he can eat a sandwich. He's done that very well. If you'd like to be <laughs> like Ed Miliband's brother and eat a sandwich, then you can call this number: o one seven seven two s a n d w h i c h. Important, of course, for all of our watchers and listeners to remember that you can buy this sandwich now, but it's got a shelf life. This one will last you until the sixth of May. Yeah. The 6th of May. So so you can buy it now. Um, maybe it'll be with you in time for the 6th of May. Maybe not. Uh, if it arrives beforehand, of course, it's your, largely your choice as to when you eat it. Of course, you can pay the extra $5 uh, for, for Discharge Prime. And um, you can have it delivered next day, which will give you at least three days of fun before you have to eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You can unpackage it, play with the box. You can play with the bread. Um, rub the lettuce on your nipples. We don't care. Do whatever you want. Um, there was no lettuce in this one, but tuna is a good substitute for leaves when you need something to rub on your nipples. So I just can't believe that Jordan said David Miliband, who has of course eaten a sandwich before and is very good at it. <laughs> 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 That's the level we've dipped to this week. The thing is, though, I think I think I think when we're in a position. Like, I'll be honest, it's hard to fucking milk comedy out of the comedy tit of Robbie Owen eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> we tried though we tried and that's what's important how long has this fucking link been 21 minutes <laughs> oh my god how the fuck have we filled 21 minutes with three failed improvisational comedy no, saying, like, we we came in to record the podcast so it's probably about <laughs> quarter to 11 when we came into the studio um and it's now just gone one o'clock <laughs> and we've recorded in total yeah about 45 minutes now it's a weird one isn't it because there are some weeks when we'll come in and we've all got a lot of stuff to say yeah. on the show, and we'll fly through it. Mm. And within, like, like it, it, it'll, it'll be done in, like, just over an hour. Yeah. And then bish, bash, bosh, show's done. We can move on to whatever else we've got to do in the day. 
but this one just ah. Oh. We're still drinking. All, it's always, always the ones before the live shows. Yeah. I'm sorry for making you sit through this, making you put up with. Oh, here we go. Oh, bloody hell. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Um, I suppose the solace that you can take in this, listeners, is that all of our efforts have not necessarily been going on making this show, but they have been going on the live show, mm, which is um, going really to be great. It's going to be like Stranger Things. It's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Do you know how good it's going to be? It's going to be strong and stable. Uh, it's going to be really good. Do you know how really good it's going to be? How really good is it? It's going to be comparable mm. to Stranger Things. Stranger Things really good though. Uh, it is really is good. It's really good. It's really good. Oh, oh, I was just no. wondering. <laughs> I've just sometimes. Can we not fill the next ten minutes with just saying Stranger Things? Oh is come really on! I could, I could fucking get forty-five we minutes out of this. Yeah, we were getting right through the hour and a half mark. There. Just you wait. When Stranger Things season two comes out, we're going to have an entire show of just that. Can we do that? We can do that. Can we record a bonus show that is just an hour <laughs> of Stranger Things is really good jokes? I see. I'm I'm disappointed that I blew my load on the strong and stable gag far too early there. I yeah, like I could've, we could have done like that for about three minutes. They could have done strong and stable, and then we could have done that for like three minutes, and then we would have got six <laughs> minutes out of that, and then two minutes out of me trying to count. Um, but alas, no, that's eight minutes of content we've missed out on there. Twitter at Verbdis Radio, <laughs> um, Facebook slash Verbal Discharge, Verbal Discharge. Have you just got like com. Discharge Social Media Tourette? Um, I had a thing when I was Verbdis Radio. Um, <laughs> racist words. I don't know. Um, if you want to find our website, you can find that at verbaldischarge.co.uk. Are we actually ending the show now? Yeah. Are we actually doing that? There's, yeah. Robbie, there's, we've, there's we've, nothing we've just done 20 minutes on you eating a fucking sandwich. <laughs> it's it's time to end the show. Um, so I began writing a half-formed Star Wars <laughs> link earlier, and I didn't finish it because uh, I thought it wasn't very good. Should I begin it anyway? The joke was because it's May the 4th, right? And right. I kind of I want us, because we only do it every other week, I kind of feel like we should probably past 45 minutes okay um today and we are stretching this out and i do yeah. not blame anyone that stops listening now um the today is star wars day so i thought i'll recount the events of every star wars film um and the joke is going to be that it's nothing like the star wars films okay so uh again I looked yeah, at, least, I thought, at least you've warned us yeah i looked at this and <laughs> thought this isn't very funny i like, halfway through and stopped writing it um so i abandoned it but here it is anyway <laughs> so the first star wars film was of course star war when young idealistic Lib Dem parliamentary prospect Simon <laughs> Simon Starr is drafted to take part in a war he opposes, it becomes clear he was a robot all along, which makes him wonder why he wasn't a Tory candidate instead. <laughs> oh, the, zing! The film ends with Simon Starr falling <laughs> off a cliff dressed as Sue Barker. Um, he's dressed as Sue Barker, not the cliff. Um, a remarkable piece of foresight considering she was born in the same year that the film was made, which is 1066. Um, then the second Star Wars film wasn't that the year of the Battle of Hastings yeah yeah. I had this joke I was going to do like all of them were in the year of a famous battle in English history and I didn't get any further as far as I got was that the second Star Wars film was called Star Wars plural because it's like alien Mm. Um, war harder Um, and that's my Star Wars joke is that it? that's that's, (laughs) That's that's the the as far as I got before thinking this isn't funny and abandoning it I've got so many of those half written things that just weren't funny Yeah, yeah. Jordan's getting him going. Um, I don't blame him. And if you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at Verb This Radio. Why not? Maybe us on iTunes, but maybe not this week. Maybe after like the next really good one we do. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to make zipping noises like I was backing <laughs> up and going, but 
I can't. I can't leave because I'm locked in internal damnation with James and Robbie. I'm sorry, Jordan. And oh, no, I'm part of that damnation. I, I've pretended to be three scar public transport vehicles. <laughs> that was the extent of my comedy today. Before. That was my comedy today. And he's pretty good at it. I said, oh, I'm a train, and then went, skimming him up. <laughs> oh, I'm a plane, skimming him up. <laughs> I'm a fucking caravan, skimming him up. Bow! <laughs> you're a scooter. Um... <laughs> Please come to the live show next week. Jordan, you're a BMX. <laughs> Skip the <heap> bop. <laughs> um, you're a you're a pogo stick because they bop along. Jordan, you're a Segway. <laughs> Let's segue to the end of this show. Yeah, please come to the live show next week. It will be make all of this worth it. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't. Jordan. Final word of the show. Luigi! <laughs> <laughs> Finally something we could have jumped off on. Call back. <laughs> Maybe we can stretch another four minutes out of James tapping on his notebook after the end of the show. <laughs> do do! Yay! Hey. Just end it. Just, <laughs> just kill it. Put it down like you'd put down your nan.